This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Dave at thenewyorkbudget.com. And when I'm not breakdancing on the subway for money, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey there, money fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor dog, and boy, oh boy, do we have a good show for you today. Want to learn how one young woman paid her way through college by earning over 120 k in scholarships alone? How about discovering how one incredibly alarmingly handsome man scored a stuffed animal by operating the claw successfully at the carnival? Well, Jocelyn Panita will brag about one of the above, and I might mention the other one. (laughs) I'm just going to say, I'm a whiz with the claws if you give me about $10 and quarters. Also on today's show, have some major housing markets hit a bubble? We'll find out. One major brokerage firm says yes. Also, what should you do with that huge holding you have of a single stock? We'll cover that, throw out the Haven Lifeline, take your letters, and still wash it all down with my trivia. And now, two guys who can hardly claw themselves through this podcast, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. You great with the claw? All I think about is that movie with Jim Carrey. The Claw. The Claw. Does Mrs. OG like it when you do that? When you do The Claw? Everybody, welcome to another uh, bizarre and uh, fairly uh, creepy episode of the Stacky Benjamin Show. So far creepy. Yeah, I am Joe Salci. I average show money on Twitter. And across the card table from me is the man we call the other guy, or as we just fondly refer to him, OG. 
say what? Hey, so we got uh, Jocelyn Panita, $126,000. Doug said over $120,000. $126,000, Doug. $126,000 she got in college scholarships, and she's going to teach us how to do the same. Because I know you're looking to go back to school. Well, no, but eventually I got to get rid of my kids somehow. So <laughs> anything, so, she can, anything she can point me in the direction of uh, a few years in advance, I'll take that. What if we point you in the direction of owning stocks, OG? Because did you know that according to a 2016 Gallup poll, about 48% of all Americans don't own any stocks? So half, huh? That's, that's a little silly. It's a big number. Well, M1 Finance is out to change that, OG. They can help everyone really be invested. They built an incredibly powerful and yet amazingly simple online investing tool. You can open an account with as little as $100, and the first 1000 you invest is free. After that, it's only 0.25 for portfolios up to 100000 a super low 0.15 on accounts that maintain a balance over 100000 With M1, select from one of dozens of professionally pre-designed portfolios. They call them PIEs. Or you can customize it to your liking by selecting any security on the NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange. The tremendous thing about M1 is it really grows with you as your needs change over time. So give it a try. Check out M1 Finance today. Here's a cool thing, OG. Remember how I just went over the fees? How about a fee of zero for the first year? 0.0%? 0 0.000%. Even better. Hmm. Here's what you All do. All those zeros matter. Yeah, when you get through signing up for M1 Finance, put Stacking Benjamins in the code box, all scrunched together, and you get your first year for absolutely free. For free. Yes. StackingBenjamins.com forward slash M, the number one finance for more. And when you're done messing around with us here in the basement, you got to check out the Big Picture Retirement Podcast. Here's the deal. A successful retirement means you got to look at the big picture. That's how they got the name. Your financial, tax, healthcare, and legal plans have to be strategically coordinated to ensure nothing gets missed. Great planning in one area, but neglected in another, and everything could be screwed. Guys, the Big Picture Retirement Podcast can help you get informed and make great decisions. Devin and John aren't just talking heads like we are, OG. They each have more than 15 years of experience in their respective fields. Devin is a financial advisor. John is an attorney specializing in elder law. They can move beyond the theoretical how should it work because of their experience type discussions and talk about mistakes and practical steps they've seen in their real life practices. Find more at stackybedjamins.com forward slash BPR. That's stackybedjamins.com forward slash BPR or go to bigpictureretirement.net. All right. We're ready, man. You ready? Ready as I will ever be, my friend. Jocelyn Panita going to talk to us about $125,000, $126,000 in scholarships. But Get first, it right. I know. We got some awesome headlines, so let's move. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins headlines. Our first headline comes to us from UBS Intellectual Capital, UBS.com. Found this disturbing. Housing bubble risk grows in major cities globally by Claudia Supaletti and Matthias Holsey. The risk of a real estate bubble in major urban centers such as Toronto has increased significantly over the last five years, and real estate in, quote, superstar cities such as San Francisco remains overvalued. These are among the findings of the UBS Global Real Estate Bubble Index released last week. I didn't know there was a bubble index. I know there's a There is now. <laughs> there's an index for everything. 
House prices in cities at risk of a bubble have climbed by almost 50% on average since 2011. Man, it... But that was a really low point, though, wasn't it? In 2011? Well, it was kind of low, but I think what... Uh, two, well, you, nah, you, Also, stocks have risen 50% since 2011. So what do you think? You think UBS raising the alarm for no reason? You're seeing other statistics though. We've had on the we've had on the show. We talked about how there's fewer people actually owning the property, more people mm-hmm. buying to rent it out. Right? People that want to rent out real estate or uh, speculators are buying, but people that want to actually live in the house, not so much. We're not seeing not that as, as much. Yeah. That seems troubling too. Well, does that have to do with the maybe a little bit more transient uh, workforce now? Maybe. People are looking at it from a cost standpoint, going it's a little bit easier to rent than it is to buy. And Well, my big question is, what do we do with this? I mean, if I'm moving to Hong Kong, London, San Francisco, let's say, which are some of the, the cities that... Coolest towns in the world. Yeah. And those are some of the really hot cities or, you know, they talked about Toronto. Do I buy right now? Do I rent? I mean, what do I, how do I make that decision knowing that we might be in a housing bubble? I think just like anything, right, you want to look at the long-term plan that you might have. If you're going to work for a really short period of time, I think the risk of you know buying at the wrong time is is a little bit greater, whether it's a bubble now or or it's not. You know, you could still end up with a bad sales price in the future, you know, for different yeah. reasons. But if it looks like that's going to be a long-term, you know, stay, I think I think you can look at that real estate purchase as a little bit more of a long-term holding. And it's certainly not an investment, right? I mean, personal real estate is barely keeping up with inflation. So, I mean, except in these cities, apparently. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, then, and then it's not. But, um, you know, I think it really just all going to depend on on how long you uh, how long you plan on being there. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. I think if you're looking at your long-term goal and you're going to be there for, you know, 15 years or more, let's say, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think you worry about a short-term correction because you look at over the long-term real estate prices, you know, 15 years from now, and it's a place to live in versus versus renting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that's probably a healthier way to look at it. You know, it says at the bottom of this article that historically looking at rising interest rates, that's been a main trigger of real estate corrections. We're in a rising interest rate environment also. And uh, maybe a, little a, new, bit, yeah. a new Fed chairman coming in February who might have something new up their sleeve. Their hands on the button, Joe. Start with your financial plan. I like I like that idea. But I also think in, in these, man, in these hot areas, I just don't know what to tell people. Like, I don't know. I what don't to- either. I mean, if you're looking at like buying a, you know, 2,500 square foot place in San Francisco and it costs a million and a half dollars, I mean, well, yeah. Well, Don't I, live in San Francisco, I think is probably the advice. Well, and let's go back to what you said. So let's say that I'm making that decision, right? Most people, when I would meet with them back when I was a financial planner, would make that decision to bubble. Can I afford it? Do I have the cash flow? The better question is, is are my other goals taken care of and I can still afford it? Because yeah. th- then the risk to me personally is a lot less if it's not going to screw over my retirement or my kid's college fund, whatever that might be. Right. Well, we've seen and we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of articles over the years of where you choose to live and your housing costs affect a lot of that other stuff. So you're right. It's not just a bubble decision, not the bubble, what we're talking about, but in a bubble, the real estate decision, but how it affects everything else. Our second headline comes to us from financialplanning.com. 
place where financial planners like OG hang out, right? Don't you spend your day at financialplanning.com? On the message boards, me and me. <laughs> uh, this piece by Donald J. Korn, convincing clients to let go of huge holdings. A time-honored idiom warns against putting all your eggs in one basket. And the reason is evident to every advisor. Such a portfolio is vulnerable to being cracked or broken if a single stock slips. Even the heartbreaking stories of investors who lost most of their wealth after Enron and Lehman Brothers collapse can't convince some clients to sell. Listen to this. There's a list here of some of the biggest losers. Even as the S&P 500 returned about 12% in 2016, clients with concentrated positions, these companies were hard hit. If you worked for Endo International or owned a bunch of Endo International, you lost 73% <laughs> versus... 12% if you were in the S&P 500. First Solar, 51.4%. Uh, TripAdvisor, 45.6%. Perigo, 42.5%. These, these are, are all, all negative. These are all negative. Vertex Pharmaceuticals, you lost 41.5%. And, and the list goes on. And man, I remember working in Detroit, having a client that came to see me with a spouse, and he had a bunch of uh, Ford stock. And Ford was trading at that time at... 25 and it had traded at 40 and he said i'm gonna wait till that stock goes back up to 40 and then we'll sell and i said i said are you crazy we how do you know it's gonna go back up to 40 he said well these things are cyclical and detroit's just in a bad spot and of course uh you know what happened with that story it went well down before it went up gosh i don't even know ford's over 15 right now are they it's ugly yeah Single stock risk is a really big issue and people get attached to it. And then they say really silly things like, I can't sell because of the tax implications. What? But you're going to lose way more, right? you know, if this thing goes kaput. It's really important when you have the single stock or a single stock to remove yourself from the decision making of it because you accumulated it over likely a long period of time, right? People don't generally think think in terms of I'm going to get one stock for the rest of my life and pile it on. You get stock options or restricted shares or, you know, you put your 401k match in the stock and all of a sudden, boom, you've got a whole bunch of it. And then if it doesn't perform, you know, you lose a whole bunch, but then you remember that high watermark, right? And you say, well, I want to get back to that high watermark first. And that's, uh, you know, in economic terms, of course, what we call sunk cost. And so you, it uh, is what it is right now. Yeah. And you know exactly what happens getting back to that high watermark. The second that stock gets to the high watermark, that's when the whole market's usually on a tear. Right. And and, and you, th I'm not going to sell it now. Now, now I'm man, we're testing new well, I had boundaries. A tax problem. I had tax problem three years ago, but now I have a bigger tax problem because it's up 15 bucks. Yeah. I can't sell you know, it now. Other issues. Yeah. This sell, it, sell it by midnight tonight. Pay the tax man. If you have to pay taxes, what does that mean? It means that you made money, and right? So well, and, and there's bigger problems to have. I don't want to spend my whole life worried about taxes. I mean, my goal in life is to have Bill Gates tax problems. If, if I have right. if I have Bill Gates tax problems, that's fantastic for me. Like you're doing okay. Hallelujah. Well, and, there's some other things too, right? So if you've got single stock, I was going to say we can add a couple other like really esoteric solutions to this, right? Some option strategies, maybe? Right. Which is basically effectively buying insurance on the on the stock. Yes, um, yes. Do that. I mean, sell some covered calls. Then you know what, you, you know, at the very least, how much you're going to get, right? Well, that's the upside, right? So you'd want to sell some puts on the downside if you wanted to do that. You can diversify around that 
if the position waiting isn't so obscene, right? A lot of different, a uh, lot of different choices there, but quite often the best solution is to just get rid of it, rebalance, be done. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, and at the very least, with people that didn't want to get rid of it all at once because they didn't want to pick a particular day and time, what we would do is sometimes we would set uh, an amount of time we're going to sell it over. We would maybe go, you know, four quarters, and we'd sell a quarter, a quarter, a quarter, a quarter. And sell it. So we kind of dollar cost average back out, right? Instead of dollar cost averaging in. The biggest thing is the decision, right? Of doing it. Yeah, right. Right. No, big, big stuff there. My worry with people is that we just get so emotionally attached to the company that we work for. And the company that you work for, it's okay to be emotionally attached because it's your job. But to also invest all your wealth there. Does it does man that could be a scary thing? Yeah, you get your 401k there, your pension plan, your health care plan, your stock purchase plan, your restricted shares, and your non-qualified options all tied up into one place. Yeah. It goes south, maybe it's all going south. So I think that's lesson number one. Diversify out. What's what's probably the most somebody should have in a single stock in a you know percentage Gosh, of your portfolio? Ten. Maybe 10? Yeah, maybe. That, that even it sounds high. I mean, it depends, I guess, on how big your portfolio is, I suppose, it, to some degree, and and your goals, like how, what percentage of your portfolio you rely on to meet your goals, like we talked about earlier. If you can afford a 10% sandbox, then that's great. Mm-hmm. But if you can't, probably should diversify more. And then the second uh, lesson is buying a house in one of these hot real estate markets, start with your long-term goals first and work backwards and you're far less likely to get burned. Jocelyn Padita at the top of the stairs, getting ready to come down and talk to us. She secured over $126,000 in scholarships and graduated completely debt-free. Hear that, students and parents. Wouldn't you like that? Since then, she started a program called the Scholarship System, teaching students the strategies she used to secure scholarships. She's going to talk about that with us today. People that she's helped have received hundreds of thousands of dollars in scholarships toward college and counting. Let's say hello and learn from Jocelyn Panita coming down to the basement. And Jocelyn Panita coming down to the basement. Have a seat. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Well, I'm fantastic because you're going to save us a bunch of money I'm hoping anyway. Can you save us a bunch of money on college scholarships? That's the goal. That's the goal. Well, let's talk about you so people know that you can actually do this, that you're not just going to wave a magic wand and say there's no place like money and, you know, (laughs) use car salesmen or whatever. You landed $120,000 in scholarships to attend the University of South Carolina. Is that true? Yes, that is true. $120,000. How did you do that? It was kind of a painful process at first. My family, we're Italian. There's five of us. So my parents said, you know, we'd love to pay for college. There's just no way. I mean, these days that's a seven figure investment for five kids, you know. When did you know Um, that? Did you know that going into high school that they weren't going to pay for college or did you find that out your senior year? Was that just the assumption all the way along? uh, We knew, but like most students, you don't really think about paying for college until last minute anyway. Right. (laughs) 
So yes, I was just like any other student that, you know, last minute it was like, crap, okay, I, I need to figure out how to pay for this, you know? You know, we didn't have money saved for college or anything like that. So I was, I guess, in one way fortunate. I had a, a friend's mom tell me, she said, Jocelyn, if you make applying for scholarships, your job for a year, you can get paid for four years. That's when pretty much any, you know, 16-year-old says, oh, that sounds really nice, right? Right. Getting well, paid for four years. One year, that's a definition of what lazy people like, right? I work for <laughs> one year, I get paid for four. What's not to like? Exactly. And it, it didn't quite work out that way. Okay. But in the end, it did. I ended up with six figures. And, you know, I was very stubborn about taking out student debt and I knew I didn't want to. And so I was, you know, dead set on getting scholarships. And so it was just really a matter of figuring out my own process. So I started applying for scholarships junior year in high school. What kind of scholarships, not to cut you off, but what kind of scholarships is a junior were you applying for? Because I'm thinking that none of the, you know, the public money, you know this better than I do, none of the public money you can apply for. I don't think so. I think you're going after private scholarships right. then? Right. Yeah. No, fantastic question. So believe it or not, there are scholarships, private scholarships or third party scholarships for kids as young as four years old, which sounds crazy. A lot of parents are surprised to hear that. Obviously they're not as common, but they can start young. But as juniors, there are tons of scholarships for juniors. I've shared lists of dozens of scholarships for kids as young as 13 years old. So Wow. Okay. It, it, yeah, it's out there. By the end of your junior year, had you scored any money though? So what's funny, again, as any other 16-year-old, or I guess I was 17 then, I went for the easy ones, you know, the ones where you just literally submit a form with your basic information and, you you know, your quote-unquote entered to win $10,000. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I would sit there watching whatever TV show was cool back then and just knocking them out thinking I was being the best student ever. And here they were pretty much borderline scams. They were just taking my email and selling it, you know, oh. and to this day, that email address has over 20,000 unread emails oh. all from it. So, yeah, so there were some smaller ones. But by the end of my junior year, I finally won. I found a local one and I won 500 bucks. And I know, you know, many parents are probably sitting there thinking $500. That is not even books for a semester. But what it did was it showed me, hey, scholarships are legitimate. So it gave me that motivation to keep going. So I got 500 bucks at the end of my junior year. And then my senior year, I got enough for freshman year. And then I kept applying year after year. And that was where I got six figures. I think that's the key that people don't think about, isn't it? That Because I feel like families don't get much money when junior goes to college. So they stop. And stopping yes. is the big mistake. Yes, it is a total golden nugget right there. Applying, they can apply year after year and should. And actually, once they're college students, sometimes it's easier because they've already proven that they're going to school and that they can survive it. And so committees, they're less risky of an investment, right? So yeah. they're more competitive because they've already proven, hey, I'm here and I'm doing it. Did you write thank you notes to all these people after they gave you money? <laughs> I, I actually did do thank you notes. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, that's something that that I talk about a lot is you want to make sure that, you know, you're staying at the top of their mind. So not only are you thanking them and handwritten for the most, you know, I suggest doing handwritten thank you notes. But, you know, not only are you doing a good thing by thanking them, but you're also then you're going to be remembered compared to other people that did not do thank you notes. So next year when you need more money, they'll remember that. Did you get some recurring money? Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, private scholarships, external scholarships that you get one year. And if you get it, you're eligible to apply the following in the following year. 
And so that's why I do prefer like juniors are my favorite students because they have so much time to, if they need to build their resume, they can, but also they can apply for those, those more local third party scholarships that are kind of like that, where you have to get a, the first year in order to keep applying. So junior seniors are ideally the, the best time to apply, but you can keep applying throughout college as well to those. So, yeah. So we know what the system, well, we know the system isn't, right? Don't go for those uh, ones that are more like sweepstakes where they're stealing your email. What system did you happen upon, though, that ended up being the right system? Was there a certain guide that you started with? Was there a, did it become more niche? Like, where did you begin? Yes, I like to say it's kind of like a spectrum, right? So really, the amount of effort that a scholarship requires the more effort, the more likely it's a legitimate scholarship. So, and, and, and some people might be thinking, well, gosh, that's going to be really hard to do a good application then if it's more, if it's more difficult, but in reality, it's less competitive because less people are doing it. So that said, if it's super, super simple and easy, takes you 10 minutes, 15 minutes, doesn't ask any kind of criteria that really would be used to choose you it's probably not worth your time. But if you have to submit transcripts, maybe your test scores, there's tons of criteria that you can use. But typically, if they're asking you to do some work to get the money, you can feel a lot better about that one. What's the biggest scholarship you received? Um, 7,500. Wow. That's, so that... it was all smaller dollars. Like 7,500 and then the next one down was maybe... 4,500. Like it, they were, it was 500 bucks here, a thousand there, 2,000, 3,000, 1,500. It was all smaller ones that added up. And you were in state South Carolina? Yes. Which South Carolina is a more affordable college for sure, but which still, is also part of the, you know, discussion, yeah. but yeah, but still to be able to, uh, a 7,500 toward public in state to it. I mean, that goes a long, goes a long way. So you didn't have to have jobs going through college. I didn't have to, but I did just for the fun money. Yeah. So that way, you know, I wasn't calling mom and dad saying, hey, you know, I need not that college kids ever drink beer, but beer money would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you never did that. Right. Never, yeah. never. Yeah. So, not... yeah, I did have little part time jobs. But the thing is, I didn't have to work, you know, all the time I could work. I could pick up shifts or whatever, whenever I, I needed to. But I didn't have to work all the time. So it was it was nice. Did all your money come from private scholarships or was there some public money that was in there as well? There was some public money in there, but the majority of it, I would say 80, 90% of it was private. Actually from the university, I only got 2000 a year, I think. So the bulk of it was external and through the university, actually there's another way you can find money, you know, for college students, you can go in and usually your sophomore year and, and up, you're eligible for more money through the university. So I got a little bit more from them, but yeah, most of it was third party kind of scholarship. Why is that? Why are you eligible for more money? Cause it seems like the university would use money to lure new freshmen in. Sure. It depends on majors. So for example, uh, freshmen, a lot of times they'll of course change their major, right? So the specific school that they're getting enrolled in doesn't necessarily believe if you will, that they're going to stick with that major. For example, nursing majors, nursing majors, you will see scholarships a lot of the time. You have to be a sophomore or older to, or, or higher to be eligible for a nursing major scholarship because so many people come in as a nursing major and then they drop out or they switch their major or something like that. So that's kind of why it's, you know, once you're established in that major, then they, they're starting to be more open to giving you the money. That's funny because I heard the same thing with private money that like companies use scholarships as recruiting tools. So they really want to give money to juniors and seniors as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, the way that I describe it is they are investing in these students. So they want to make sure that their investment is, is worth it. So a lot of times, so actually that said with companies, you can think about not just uh, a scholarship specific to your major, but you can think of companies that are related to your field that you want to pursue and see if they offer scholarships. And, and for that exact reason, because it makes sense that a company would want to give money to someone that would possibly work for them. So yeah, it, they want to invest in someone that's going to pursue something that they're interested in. Back in the horse and buggy days, I went to college and I, <laughs> uh, and, and then I, I used the Peterson's guide to colleges to uh, sort for scholarships. Are there, you know, I know there's places like fast web out there that we can go to. Are there some of those resources you like better than others? Yeah. Fast web used to be pretty good. They have a lot of those sweepstake ones on there now. That's what I found when we were doing it with my twins. Uh, it just seemed like a bunch of junk. Yeah. Yeah. I try to be PC with it, but I'm not a fan of their site. Okay, right. I'm a fan of unigo.com. I'm a fan of goodcall.com. They recently switched up their search engine. So it's not as user-friendly as it used to be actually, but they have some legitimate scholarships on their website. Scholly is an app, S-C-H-O-L-L-Y. They're pretty good too. They're newer. So I feel like the newer sites have yet to be kind of punctured with all that, you know, spammy stuff. So those were kind of the three websites that I do like. And it seems like that when you are doing these deeper, longer applications, after a while, they probably ask for a lot of the same stuff. Exactly. And that's, so that's the beauty of it, right? So when you are applying year after year, people are probably thinking, oh my gosh, that sounds like so much effort. You know, it's going to take so much time. But the thing is, once you get a well-oiled machine and the materials that you need in place, you know, you can create a Dropbox folder or Google Drive folder and put everything in there. It is so much faster and easier as you go because you, you kind of learn the stories that sell, you learn which experiences you want to put in the essays. And so, yeah, it, you're able to reuse a lot of the materials. If not, you can reuse the exact essays even. You just want to tweak them a little bit. Are there some phrases or some ways to tell your story that you found that colleges and scholarship committees like better than others? You know, I think the biggest thing, so this is kind of a repeating theme here. They want to see that it's a good investment, right? So in my opinion, when it comes to really selling yourself, what you want to show is and for parents, parents a lot of times, of course, are reading these essays, right? So ask, okay, are they saying, yes, this is what I want to pursue and this is what I want to do with it. So am I going to be a good investment? For example, you know, don't just talk about, you don't want students to just talk about, hey, I want to be a nurse. It's, well, you want to talk about, hey, by you investing in me, I can pursue a degree in nursing and therefore I will be able to work in this area or that area and be able to make an a difference this way. So it's really showing them, I'm not just going to college to go to college. I'm going to college because I have a long-term picture and you're going to help me get there by giving me this investment. That's awesome. Which pays returns for them, yada, yada, yada. Exactly. Yeah. But there are some important dates. And I know that you and I, in the weeks leading up to this, we talked about there's some important dates coming up soon here that people need to know, Jocelyn. What are those? Absolutely. So you mentioned a little bit of the federal money. So October 1st, FAFSA opens up. That is a first come first serve basis. So people, families should get their stuff in ASAP for yeah. that. You're late. Um, You're late. <laughs> it's 
always the sooner the better. And you get to use previous tax information now, so it's easier to do early. But for scholarships, October is a major deadline month. It really is. And then also December, January time, you've got the beginning of the year. A lot of people, they wait, uh, you know, spring semester when they get the bill to start looking, you know, they start scrambling. How are we going to pay for this? The time is now. Fall semester is when not many people are thinking to look. So that is the time to look. Juniors, they should be looking now as well. And then, you know, there are deadlines all the way from April all the way through summer. But that's when everyone is applying because everyone is now scrambling for money. So sooner the better. October's a big month and Christmas break. It should be scholarship time. I wish there was a place where somebody had taken all this information that you were talking about and they put it together into one little package. Has somebody done that? <laughs> you know, I might have heard of someone that did that. Um, hmm. Oh, wait, we did. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So this, that's the scholarship system. So basically I, I went through this process. It was crazy. I almost quit because it was so long and painful. And as I figured out what to do, I had a bunch of family members and friends asking me, Jocelyn, how in the world did you do this? And I was in corporate finance. I graduated and went into the corporate world. But when I had enough people asking me, how in the world can I do this? I decided, you know what? I need to be helping people avoid student loan debt. I need to help these families. And so I started the scholarship system. And so, uh, yeah, it's literally a roadmap. It takes them from figuring out, okay, how much do we need to where to find them to how do we submit an actual legitimate competitive application? And how do we make sure that we get the money year after year to truly get a free ride? It's all there in a six step laid out system. Awesome. And, uh, we've set up a pretty link through Stacky Benjamin's it's uh, stackybedjamins.com forward slash scholarships because Jocelyn's program is on our resources page. So stackybedjamins.com forward slash scholarships to get there. So your favorite success story, because you got to have people writing into you talking about some big money that they've gotten. Tell me a story. Yeah. Oh, goodness. My one favorite story, I, I reference her all the time and we get, we get wins a lot. You know, people tag us in them because you can get scholarships all year round. But one specific student, she had a dream school and she had a backup plan and her dream school offered her a little bit of money, but ultimately she would need a lot of money to fully get a free ride. The backup school gave her tuition. So when she needed external scholarships, it was to cover the room and board and other expenses, books and stuff like that. Well, in the end, she was able to get enough money to cover all those other expenses through the scholarship system, which was awesome. But she still was debating doing the dream school, which meant that she would have had to borrow $40,000. Wow. Oh. 40000 well, we have a cool tool. It's called the College Cost Calculator that we give to our students. And it shows, it compares. You can put up to four schools in there. Okay, look, these are the expenses. If you're to borrow this, this is your monthly payment when you graduate. Based on your career, they can choose from a drop down what career they want to pursue. Here's your disposable income. And I'll tell you, she I got a, a very happy email from mom afterwards because after walking through that, she decided on the free ride. So between the tuition that they offered and between the scholarship she got through our course, she will be graduating completely debt free. And that was by her senior year in high school. So she didn't even have to keep a plus. She did better than I did. <laughs> that's so awesome. That, that's got to yeah. make you feel fantastic. I actually got goosebumps telling it just now, even though I know the story. <laughs> I, I love it. That is I mean, I, you, they can probably hear me smiling right now. I, this is why I do it. I love it. Too bad you don't like your job. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. Jocelyn Fadita, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for having me. Hey, Pasa Trivia fans, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and welcome to your favorite part of the show, my awesome trivia segment. If I'd known you could get so much free money by going to college, I might have showed up for more than the first week. Based on my demeanor, I know you know I did all right with it as your trivia master. So as they say in the biz, it's time for me to put my money where my mouth is and serve up today's trivia. Over half of the athletic scholarship money awarded each year goes to only four sports. You'd expect the top three, football, soccer, and basketball. Wait a minute, soccer? Okay, anyway. But which sport takes spot number four? I'll be back with your answer right after the break. I've talked about this stat before, but this is scary. According to a 2016 Gallup poll, 48% of all Americans don't own any stock. And I realize it can be dawning when it's time to start something new, but here's a great thing. Getting invested is more to do with taking baby steps than leaping headfirst into Wall Street. Here's Brian Barnes, founder of M1 Finance, on just how easy it is to be invested. So you just either log on to the website or use the mobile application. We're native on Android and iOS, and it takes about three minutes, and your first $1,000 that you deposit is managed for free. I'd love to say the free $1,000 is a special deal I made for you, but uh, Brian and M1 Finance are that good to everybody. With M1, you can select from one of dozens of professionally designed portfolio pies, or you can customize it, as mom says, to your heart's content. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash M1 Finance for more. That's stackingbenjamins.com. M, the number one, finance.com for more. So just fire up their mobile app, M1 Finance, be invested. Well, after Doug's been sent home, OG sleeping happily in his bed, mom's no podcasting after 9 p.m. rule is in effect. Do you find yourself staring at the ceiling wondering what to do with yourself? Yeah, that was me too. But that all stopped when I found out about the Big Picture Retirement Podcast created by my local Texarkana buddy, Devin Carroll. And I don't want to hear any old guy jokes about me listening to a retirement podcast, okay? Because I've still got time to get on track, especially with the help of Devin and his co-host, John. With 15 years of experience apiece, Devin in financial planning and John in elder law, these guys know what they're talking about. Mom actually invited Devin over the other day and I asked him why he started the podcast. You know, in looking at all of the podcasts that are available out there, I could find all of these podcasts that had these very narrow focus areas, right? So we might could find one that focused on the financial planning, but they weren't necessarily talking about the legal or tax side of the plan. And I've just found that practicing in this area for the last 15, 16 years that you really need that big picture approach. Big Picture's right. The Basement can give you all the juicy financial gossip week after week, but if you want a focused podcast on all things retirement where you actually learn something, Social Security, Medicare, estate plans, taxes, you name it, you want to check out the Big Picture Retirement Podcast. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash BPR. That's StackyBenjamins.com forward slash BPR. Hey there, money fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and happy welcome back from the break to you. These breaks must be getting shorter because I barely had enough time to run upstairs for a snack. Good thing I proved it again when I've proven to the ladies down at the Sizzler time and time again, I am quick. And to prove it, let's speed on to today's thrilling trivia answer. Before the break, I told you that over half the athletic scholarship money awarded goes to only four sports. 
Three of them I'm sure you already knew, football, soccer, and basketball, but which sport takes spot number four? The answer? Track and field. I tried to throw some subtle hints in there, but it's not my fault if you couldn't cross that hurdle. <laughs> I'm so amazing. Well, now let's shot put this show back to Joe and OG. See ya. Big thanks to Jocelyn Panita for coming out and hanging out with us in the basement a little bit. $126,000 OG. And I think, I, th- I, I think there's a lesson here that Jocelyn and I d- didn't talk about from her story, which is I love like her system and you can avoid some of the mistakes that she made. I love all that. But the fact that she wasn't afraid to get out there and make some mistakes, to give it a shot, do the wrong things for a while and learn from those bad decisions, how to do things better. And make it happen, right? Do something. Yeah. Yeah. Massive action. Absolutely. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's or rather life insurance's most important questions. Our friends over at the Haven Life Insurance Agency, they've been spearheading innovation. You thought I was going to say disrupting, didn't you, OG? I was thinking you might disrupt some stuff. No, I'm spearheading today. Spearheading innovation within the life insurance industry by focusing on those two things you value most. Today, protein powder and coffee. <laughs> In that order. That is that. Those are three and four, but it's your family and your time. And that's why they've created a high quality and most importantly, affordable term life insurance policy issued by Mass Mutual. You can purchase entirely online. And I don't think people get how amazing that is. You can purchase like 30 it, minutes. <laughs> no, completely done. No need to wait several weeks for a decision when you can get one instantly with Haven Life. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free quote and learn about life insurance the modern way. That's stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life. And today we're going to throw out the Haven Lifeline to our brand new BFF, Trey. Say hello, Trey. Hey, Joe and OG. This is Trey. Since I haven't learned anything from you guys, please pass this question along to Doug. Maybe he can help me. I'm buying a house in the next two to three months, and I'm concerned about the Experian hack. Should I freeze my credit with all three credit reporting bureaus at this time? I know when I go to get my mortgage in a few weeks, I'll have to unfreeze it, but I'm worried about my credit being affected negatively by this hack in the coming weeks, which will affect the interest rate I get on my loan. Thanks. Hey, big uh, question from Trey. Here's here's the thing. This is funny because uh, we have a few friends over at Experian. We've had Experian people on the show. When you it's Equifax. When you called Experian right after the Equifax problem, the first thing that that one eight hundred number said is, "We are not Equifax. Here's the Equifax number." <laughs> right when you called the front door of Experian, we are not Equifax. Here's the Equifax phone number. So, uh, so kind of funny that even Trey says Experian, but it is Equifax. Yeah, he meant Equifax. Yes, but but bigger question: Should he freeze his credit when he knows he's got to reopen it nearly immediately? No, nope, nope, nope. In fact, if you're going to, you know, if you're looking at buying a house in two months or three months anyway, shouldn't you be out kind of shopping mortgages, getting pre-approval done now? If that's the case, and you're worried about two weeks from now, just go do the application now. Almost every credit card now has credit monitoring attached to it. So it's very unlikely that there'll be something that'll happen that will affect your credit in like a two week period of time. Yeah. And you can, I mean, not just your credit card, you have uh, Credit Sesame, Credit Karma, Quizzle. 
You have all these uh, great sites where you can look at your credit for free. And definitely, you might not see every line item there, and it's going to work differently than a FICO score will. But still, if you see something creep up there, well, then you know it's time for for, yeah. for more. Uh, yeah, I would freeze it after your home loan's done. Right. You know, that's totally fine. But I think you're going to find it's a way bigger pain in the butt to do right now if you can turn around and unfreeze it. In fact, if you're thinking about going to get your mortgage in two weeks, I would just do it now. You know, yeah, well, that's, that's a- what Doug told me to tell you anyway. <laughs> the, the, the pre-approval process can start. Yeah, right now. Why yeah, not? whenever, right? Yeah, good stuff. Thanks for the question, Trey. If you've got a question and you'd like us to throw out Haven Lifeline to you, it's stackingbenjamins.com, and you'll see a link to questions right at the top of our website. And when you do so, our friends at Haven Life and us and me and 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 we and we, we and our friends at Haven Life, isn't that the way? Wees. 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 be sending you with our friends at Haven Life a greatest... F- <laughs> <laughs> greatest money show on earth t-shirt talking about the circus that this thing is my favorite shirt and uh trey you're uh, going to be taking home one of those our friend uh, shannon will send that right out to you we also get letters down here in the basement and today's letter comes to us from michelle michelle asks a very simple question how do you set financial goals how do you prioritize them <laughs> there there is a there's uh, there's a whole episode right there. How about that one, man? I think it all starts with this idea of setting smart goals, right? Well, sure. I guess I don't know. I like uh, just write down everything you want. You know, just do like a brainstorming exercise, right? Like like a free writing exercise of everything you want, and then put dollar signs next to it, and then timelines next to it. And then the prioritizing kind of happens automatically, right? I love what you say, and I don't want to gloss over this because I think it's important people know. <laughs> no, no, I, I, like, I like where this is headed. You, heard, you said, I love what you say, and I don't want to gloss over it. So please don't, because <laughs> if you do love what I say. Well, the part about the timeline, because one thing I learned when I was a financial planner that I hadn't thought of before is literally like put stick people on one end of a timeline, put years, oh, yeah. put years, and then bubbles when you're going to need money. And see how those bubbles overlap. Because I remember, and I, I'm sure this happens with you, OG, you, you people go, well, I got to put my kids through college. I want to retire. What age do you want to retire at? Oh, really? And then you draw those bubbles and you realize they're all happening at the same damn time, right? Or they're mm-hmm. all overlapping each other. And you're like, okay, we got a problem spot here. We got a problem spot here, like when the bubbles are close to each other. So we really have to focus in on those and what we do there. And all of a sudden, you can see the wheels spinning that weren't spinning before on on these goals and priorities. And by the way, when you've got retirement and kids' college happening at the same time, I'll tell you, I've never met somebody that didn't know which one of those two was more important to them. <laughs> and, and it changed. I mean, it was different for different people. Some people, it was, you know what, I'm going to push back that retirement goal because I really want to help my kids get the education that I didn't get or that I got or whatever. And other people are like, well, guess we got to find, guess we got to talk to Jocelyn, right? Because I'm retiring at that day and hopefully sooner. The biggest thing with goal setting, I think, is making sure that you pick a couple three. I don't like any more than three that you're working on at any one time, right? And all manner of research has shown that the more you revisit it, the more that you think about it, the more that you keep it in front of you, the more likely you are to to achieve it. I mean, really just to start out with that list 
dollar times your dollar amounts, timelines of when you need it. Start, like you said, putting it on a number line. I'm 38 today and I'm going to die when I'm 100. When do I want these other things to happen? It will start becoming pretty clear what things are important to work on. I uh, worked with the top advisor at the firm that I was with, Ameriprise Financial. Uh, worked in his office. I wasn't officially a part of his team. I did financial planning speeches for them. But watching him work, he he had a thing he talked about, OG, called the deli counter, which was he said, there's these goals we all think we should be saving for, retirement, college, the ones we mentioned, right? But he said, I would always do the deli counter thing where I'd say, what else? What else? You know, like they hand you the the, the meat and then they look at you and they go, what, what else would you like? Keep asking what else until you get the goal that they really, really want to save for, the one that's going to motivate them. So, you know, it might be the second home. It might be the big anniversary vacation. It might be the new boat that we talked about last week <laughs> on the show that six months later they'll be ready to get rid of. It might be the boat. It's going to be there's something that lights them up. And he would keep doing the deli counter until he found the thing that lights them up. And he said, you could always see by the look in their face, you know, the goal that lit them up. And then and then it was game on. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's the way to prioritize, I think. Great quote. Man, that's a wide question. That is a wide question. We had Michael Kay on the show maybe a year ago. And Michael Kay spent a long time talking about this, Michelle. And we'll link to his interview in the show notes because he gets into kind of this whole this whole idea of uh, setting goals and walking your way through your goals. I thought that was a really good episode. So go back and look for the Michael K episode. Thanks for the letter. If you've got a letter, send those to me, Joe at stackybenjamins.com. Or once again, go to the top of the Stacky Benjamins page, says questions for the show. And uh, that'll have the Haven Lifeline. Also have the letter slot. You can ask us any question and we'll answer it here on the podcast. Thanks also to everybody who's left us a review of this show because that shows people what they're getting into when they listen to the Stacking Benjamin show. A little bit different. Instead of being the last word in personal finance, our goal is to be the first word. We want to introduce you to concepts and ideas. We don't want to teach you anything. If you learn anything listening to this show, keep it to yourself. This one's going on Mom's Fridge. Five-star review that says, that's five whole stars from Stammerk. Says really entertaining show discussing all the various aspects of personal finance with levity and a wide range of guests. If you want some sugar with your PF medicine, you need to tune in. I think we're all about the sugar, OG. I think that Stammerk gets it right. Sugar. Bring me the sugar. sugar. Wednesday, we're not bringing you the sugar. We're bringing you Matt Wolf. Matt Wolf is an actuary with Haven Life. And uh, I asked Matt to come on because once I understood how life insurance was priced, and not just life insurance, OG, all insurances are priced, all of a sudden my brain exploded and I started looking at insurance way differently than I did before. And if you think that talking to a life insurance actuary sounds like a boring trip, it's going to be, a, I know, number one, it's going to be a lot of fun. And number two, it's going to change the way you look at all of your insurances after you hear Matt Wolf on the show on Wednesday. Really looking forward to it. And last, if you're somebody that's looking for better financial planning help in your corner, well, guess what? OG's taking clients. And that means that to get on his schedule to talk about how you can get him in your corner, here's what you do. StackingBenjamins.com forward slash letter O, letter G. StackingBenjamins.com forward slash letter O, letter G. I said that was the last thing. There's one more thing. Make sure you tune in in the next few episodes because we are going to tell you 
about how you can meet the entire Stacking Benjamins team. And when I say the entire team, we're all going to be in Dallas, Texas. We've never had a show where we've had the entire team. Kathleen's in Portland, Oregon. And we, you know, we generally don't hang out with Doug, but Doug's going to be there. OG's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Kathleen, Shannon, Richie, the entire team is going to be in Dallas, Texas, the last week of October. And we'll have more on that. And also, not only can you meet us, you'll meet David Bach, D1, uh, Farnoosh Tarabi, Lynette Kelfani-Cox, and some other friends of ours. So um, more on that to come. All right. We'll see everybody back here Wednesday. See you later, OG. Let's go stack some Benjamins. See you, bud. Joe, I'm going to let you get back to your shake weight. But first, let's talk about what we learned today. Take a cue from Jocelyn Panita. Whether you're dealing with student loans, your credit card payments, or saving for your goals, just get on it. You'll figure out the best route along the way, but action beats doing nothing, hands down. Second, think we're in a housing bubble? Well, you won't have to worry about it, you mamby-pamby, if you start off thinking with your long-term goals first and work backwards. If you avoid speculating on the market and start with the end in mind, you'll find yourself with plenty of money and that you've avoided pitfalls along the way. But the big lesson, don't sprint up the stairs just to show off for Joe's mom. She'll nag you whether you're speedy or not. Man, my knees are killing me. Special thanks to Jocelyn Panita for joining us today. Find out more information about Jocelyn and her scholarship program at stackingbenjamins.com forward slash scholarships. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. And the part of Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, is played by, well, if you haven't figured that out by now, you're just not paying attention. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. And a big thanks to Joe's mom for giving me a bag of frozen peas. My knees are starting to feel better, and we finally found a good use for these vegetables no one wants to eat. Welcome to the after show. This came in from our friend, Johnny. Johnny's uh, been a friend of the show for a long time. He actually, I believe Johnny won 
one of our contests. I think he won the one where, remember we had the, the, uh, two degrees of separation. Like I know somebody who did, who knew somebody else. Uh, Johnny won that, I believe. But Johnny actually outed himself because we, we don't ask a lot of questions when we enter things on the show. But Johnny was talking about how he wanted to invest in this new business. He had this idea, if you remember, he needed about $8,000 in setup fees and uh, he was offered a $10,000 loan and was wondering if he should take out the loan and invest it in his business. Anyway, he said he launched his product and it's been selling amazingly well. And he's been able to quit his job and pursue this and other opportunities that don't involve a desk and a boss because we gave him the confidence to go for it. Whoa. How pretty heavy, dude. Well, and you'd think that we'd share this on the main show. Until you find out what made Johnny's life completely change. Like you'd think it would be something that would help humanity, right? Maybe yeah, a new soap on the rope or something. <laughs> what, what is he? What did he create with like retractable rope that attaches to your hand? <laughs> like you just press a button on your finger so you don't have to bend over for that. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just, I'm kind of curious. I mean, it sounds like a good story so far. So I think, I think you're about to. Yeah. Well, this is, this is, this is an important invention and Johnny should be incredibly proud of himself. And I'm going to share with you the link right now. Take a look at this. Oh, it's on Amazon. Okay. And you can head to, by the way, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Amazon and get one of these for yourself. And Johnny said he's going to send us these because these can change our life too. (laughs) <laughs> but it is cool that something that is that is this it is a mini cat shaped cupcake mold four pack silicone for capes cupcakes chocolate great for birthday parties kids baking perfect baking gift for cat lovers cupcake lovers charlie cat baking it's charlie cat baking it's a mold of a cat so that you can uh you can have a cat cupcake it's a life-changing experience og Hmm. Unique? Yes. Johnny writes, unique. Finally, a cupcake mold for baking truly 3D cat-shaped cupcakes. Like all my cat-shaped cupcakes from before All the two-dimensional ones suck. They they were all 2D. But now now we can get our 3D cat-shaped cupcake. Surprise any baker cat lover in your life with this very unique gift. Each order comes with a specially formulated recipe that's perfect for complex-shaped cakes. That actually makes sense to me, actually. Uh, cause you get, you get this many twists and turns in your mold. Uh, that thing will fall apart in a hurry. No fuss, no mess specifically designed so that the cat shape easily comes out of the mold intact every time with just a little nonstick spray. The cake comes out in one piece every time bakers and non-bakers alike say that the Charlie cat molds easy to use and even easier to clean instantly. It's degrammable. That's what I look for in all my gifts. If I can Instagram it and share it with my bajillion followers, then I buy it. If I can't, then I don't. <laughs> it's a great gift, and uh, it is it is safe. In all seriousness, Johnny, is that that's pretty damn cool. It's that's just, a crazy good idea, right? I mean, I imagine that it would just solved a need for him. I I can't imagine that you would, you know. I mean, can you create this on your own by just thinking it up? Or is this is this is this like you know what I'm missing in my life? <laughs> it's a 3D cat mold. 
And damn it, if I couldn't create one, there's a lot of cat lovers out there that would buy it from me. You know what would stop me from crying all night long? If I had a 3D cat cake. If I had a 3D cat mold, I would no longer cry myself to sleep. Every I want to see the 2.0 version where you can put different batter in different sections of the cake mold. And so you can have like a calico cat or oh. a tabby. Well, um, well, well, you can. And they don't all have to be orange. Like no, you, picture. you. Well, no, there's a chocolate one there too. I mean, you just put different frost. How 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 much baking have you ever done? You can make it any color you want, dude. No, I'm talking about the cake on the inside. The cake on the inside can be any color you want. Well, what can be a single color? I'm talking about two colors. Oh, you're talking about going multicolor. Yeah. 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 Like like you have got like a. I don't know. <laughs> This is so funny. It's cool. <laughs> it's it's what what makes it cool. It would be it's I will buy it just because I will buy it. But what makes it cool is the fact that he just came up with that. He's sending us some. He said he's going to send us one as a thank you. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is which is very nice. And we accept. And I want to know how many of these he's selling at sixteen bucks a throw the, that he the, can quit his job. Let's him quit his job. Isn't that cool? Yeah, good stuff. Uh, StackingBenjamins.com forward slash Amazon if you want to help the show. And uh, we don't link to anything in the after show. If you email me, I'll send you the link. But if you just remember Charlie Cat mini cat-shaped cupcake molds, put any piece of that in, you're going to come up with the Charlie Cat cupcake molds. Dishwasher safe. There's a lot of pictures of, uh, ooh, you can make them into ice cream or uh, ice balls as well. Mm. Miss when we had an ice-shaped one. Oh, geez, all about the ice balls. Mrs. OG is. I, th- I, th- I, think, I think that means we're done. And cut. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.